Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Father John here with my good friend, Father Nathan Goebel. All right, we are actually good. We have functioning equipment. We are excited, and we're in a new location. Deacon Nathan Goebel is across the room from me. How are you doing over there? Can you see me? We are go for launch. <laughs> hey, um, we got to start with this email. Is doom, that all right? Doom, doom, doom. Okay. This is this is one of the best emails I think we've ever received, and you're going to love this. This is from a guy named Alex in Kansas City. All right? Greetings. Hey, Catholic Stuff. Wow. The Dual Effects of Sin podcast intro was hands down the best ever. Here is why. Oh, keeping you going. Ready? So Friday morning, I went... This is Alex talking. I went uh, out to the site as usual before heading to work. I was totally pumped for a new episode, and I actually had Giorgio by Morodo in my iPod, mind you. So anyways, I'm off to work, pulling into the neighborhood and trying to listen to the podcast. I thought I queued up correctly and started to hear Giorgio, and I freak out because I thought my pod, my iPod was broken. Yep. He thought he was playing it over and over again. So I pushed the button to tell me what I'm listening to, and it says Catholic Stuff Podcast. And he's getting more and more angry at the iPod because he's like, the stupid thing is broken. Yes. He collects himself and then realizes how awesome this is and continues on his way to work with a smile on his face. He says he laughed so hard he almost veered off of the road. Thanks for making his day awesome, he says. So Deacon Nathan, another happy customer. There you go. He there didn't say anything about the podcast itself, but he said the <laughs> intro was great. So, yeah, I think people only listen for about the first minute. And what's the funny thing Nathan's going to say? There you go. Okay. Goble came and uh, preached this morning. I had uh, Friday morning mass here at mm-hmm. Queen of Peace Catholic Church, and uh, he gave a killer homily where he sang, It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. It snowed last night. This is the weirdest state ever. Yeah. It's crazy. Flooding two weeks ago, snow today. Yeah. I walked in, I put on I put on sandals. I was listening to the rainfall in my bed this morning at four thirty. Hit the snooze button till five thirty. Um, you know, the whole idea about, you know, waking up early. Yeah. Well five thirty still early. Why why are you laying in bed at four thirty awake? Because I set my alarm for four thirty because I really wanted to wake up early. That's insane. Yeah. I have a paper out. Oh, no, you do. Um, so anyways, I put on sandals and I go out to walk out to my car and there is snow on the ground and on my car. And I'm like, what in that? And he goes, oh my gosh, there's snow on the ground. It's beginning (laughs) to look a lot like Christmas. Okay. Yeah. That's probably going to happen four more times at least. Everywhere (laughs) you go. Yeah. I'm really excited. We're going to have a wet winter. Yeah. We're ready for it. The ski. As soon as we get, as soon as we get our first snowfall. We should sing White Wedding, except it'll be White Winter. <laughs> hey, little sister, what have you done? So the uh, What is this pumpkin spice latte doing to me? He had a weird, weird uh, pumpkin spice latte this morning yep. after Mass. And so... A little too much nutmeg, Dexter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to do, do a podcast. Welcome to Catholic Stuff. Here we know. go. Um, um, we had a reading about three weeks ago, maybe two Something weeks like ago. Two weeks ago? And uh, I was able to preach on it, so um, I've sealed, I've hermetically sealed the you know homily into a Tupperware container, and we're breaking it out again for you, the Catholic stuff listener, because I think it's an important message. I hope you enjoy it. So, um, I hope that we have a cool intro song again. Um, I think it should be Pink Floyd. I mean, we'll see what Rachel chose, but probably not that. But yeah, whatever, whatever. This mass uh, where we had Mammon. That's my, that's my first Spanish mass. Oh, really? Yeah. In, in, in Spanish, it's pronounced 
Mamon. Yes. Or uh, translated, dinero. Dinero, yes. Um, Dios I wasn't, or dinero. I wasn't going to tell this story, but I will now. Here so I am the only deacon at my house, and you know I do evening prayer. So that means that uh, if the priest isn't there, that I get charged with doing evening prayer. So we're in the sacristy, and there we have this guy who's studying English at our seminary named Adrian. So Adrian asks me, he says, uh, how do you say this word? And I said, in English, mammon. And he kind of looks at me like, mammon. And I'm like, yeah, mammon. And he goes, mammon. Because, and I realized it, mamon uh -oh. is, has a very different connotation in the Spanish language. I'm pretty sure it means mammary gland. Uh -huh. um, so he's like, in, in essence, he's like, you cannot serve both God and mammary glands. And I was like, hmm. Yeah, that's kind of true, you know? Like, you gotta, you can't be a child, you know? But anyways, I thought it was hilarious. Maybe that's why at the Mass they translated it as dinero. Yeah, it's gotta be. Dios or dinero. Yeah, because if not, it would be mamón. And for wow. all you Spanish speakers out there, you're giggling. Okay. okay. So, just reading you from Luke 16. So, it's the story of the dishonest steward. And the dishonest steward does all this crazy stuff where, like, he realizes he's going to lose his job. And then he goes out and he tells all these people, you know, take your bill of sale and write one for cheaper, whatever. And then Christ tells um, this, you know, explanation of the parable. Uh, Luke 16.10. He who is faithful in a very little, who he who is faithful in a very little is faithful also in much. And he who is dishonest in a very little is dishonest also in much. This is a weird translation from the RSV. Um, if then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will entrust you, who will entrust to you the true riches? And if you have been not been faithful in that, which is another's who will give you that, which is your own. No servant can to serve two masters for either. He will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Okay. The reason why I bring this up is because we always come, you know, to this reading and it's like, you cannot serve God and mammon. And we kind of think, okay, mammon is this really evil thing. I would have never, I would never have anything to do with it, Lord. Like, I will always serve you. I will have nothing to do with mammon. And in the passage, it says, if then you have not, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will entrust to you the true mammon? Because in the Greek, the word doesn't change. It doesn't go from mammon to, you know, like a different word for whatever. Mammon at its core just means riches, money. True, true riches is actually true mammon. It says mammon in here. Crazy. Dikaya, dikaion mammon. Huh. Um, let me see if I can find it. Not that I'm doubting your Greek abilities. The uh, That's just interesting. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, mammon is actually an Aramaic word, right? It's just transliterated into Greek, right? Yes. It's not a Greek, it's not a Greek word. Right. It's, it's, a, it's an Aramaic phrase. Yes. It's yes. an ancient phrase. Exactly. So in the Greek... it, in the it means... Property, property, money, rich, riches, riches, money, it's wealth. The yeah, full, it's mm -hmm. a broad thing, right? So it says aun en to adiko, which means if you are, if not in the unrighteous mamona, pistoi, <laughs> whatever, blah blah blah. They, you don't, I don't even care about this stuff. Um, well, we're impressed. I mean, if all we're talking about is money then people are transacting and using money all the time. And so, and even in the catechism, when I looked up money in the catechism, it's not like it had a whole host of, um, like, precepts on what to do with your money and how to, how to treat your money and everything. 
Money in and of itself is objectively neutral. Right. Just like food, just like sex. But it's our attachment to it that can actually produce things like greed, avarice, jealousy. Um, the love of money is the root of all evil. That's right. That's gotcha. right. And so it's the service, it's the worship that we give to money, the, the over-importance that we put on money that turns no, normal, ordinary mammon into this like gr- gruesome creature where people actually do worship the um, and, and like sacrifice to the, the the false god, the false you know the the idol of riches, wealth, pride. You know. So the problem is the spirit of possessiveness. It's yeah. not even the material. Yeah. But it's that kind of spiritual desire to own to possess. I actually preached about this and. That weekend, and I referenced Ted Turner, right? Mm-hmm. Who makes a good burger, you know, at Ted's Montana Grill. Oh, yeah. But had a desire. This is an example of just he wanted to ride his horse on just his land from Canada to Mexico, on just his property. That was one of his goals. Yeah. That's crazy. Did he do it? I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. That's crazy, though. He probably got to Wyoming, though. But part of the, you know, thinking about yourself, that's just like yeah. this desire to just keep conquering and conquering and conquering. And it's just unbelievable. Yeah. And that, you know, when Christ says make friends for yourself with unrighteous mammon, meaning like this money will inevitably fail, but you have to use it in such a way that it kind of goes through your hands without you trying to cling on to it. Right. And you use your money in such a way that when it does fail, God will see that you have been a good steward and welcome you into his eternal home. The best the best line on about this comes from um, the oft-repeated um, proverb uh, that our friend Brian Larkin always repeats, that when you give alms, you make a loan to God. Is that right? Um, so, like, when you give money to the poor, like, God sees that as, you know, um, these people weren't... Um, these people aren't in a position to help themselves. Right. And since you help them, like God actually says, you know, you've extended me in this person alone. Larkin also told me, because I was struggling with this parable, like what exactly does it mean uh-huh. that he can just cut? Because it looks like he's making the mammon unrighteous by just saying, you owe 100, give me 50. You know what I mean? But what Larkin was saying was that um, the way that stewardship worked in the ancient world was that um, his prophet – was included in that. Yep. So he's cutting his profits. That's right. To just try and kind of, you know, make amends, kind of keep the relationship. Here's my question, though. If mammon is objectively neutral. neutral money, let's say. Mammon. Just Easy. joking. <laughs> Trying to goad him. Um, if money is objectively neutral, mm-hmm. then uh, and the love of money, the love of riches is, is the problem here. Yeah. Then what's the distinction between unrighteous mammon unrighteous money and true riches like right. because Christ seems to be saying something about obje- an objectively unrighteous money and an and objectively good does that make sense yep I think it's great how many times I don't have this problem you know and so I'm speaking into the void right here but I mean I do do this okay how many times do people check their stock market portfolio you know how many times do people check what interest they're getting on their IRA or whatever it's called how many times do I, because I do this, how many times do I check how much money is in my, you know, bank accounts just to see, you know, can I pay my bills? What, what's my credit card statement, et cetera. Right. 
that is all being concerned with unrighteous mammon. And then Christ says, who will give you the true riches? And what are the true riches that we should be at least somewhat concerned about? And even like, I mean, have, you know, a, a predominant amount of our attention affixed on that. The graces and wealth that we receive in him, the spiritual treasures that we have in Christ are incomparable that with with the, the piddly little um, uh, riches that we have on earth. I can right. have a piggy bank full to the brim, but that's only going to buy me a certain amount of pleasure in this life pumpkin spice lattes that's right now but christ is willing to give what is properly ours namely an inheritance an eternal inheritance to riches that are incomparable all of the all of the quote unquote pumpkin spice lattes that i can ever consume will be in heaven and not merely like oh there'll be a starbucks in heaven but or an einstein brothers excuse me uh we just got into a conversation with a lovely family at Queen of Peace. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm not endorsing. He was chastised. Star- for I'm not his endorsing Starbucks. It was just an off-the-cuff reference. Pache Peggy. Pache Peggy. Okay. Um, but but Christ wants to give us true riches that are that are far greater than that. But we're concerned with just filling our piggy banks. Let me try and clarify my question. Yes. I think that was good. It was wonderful. Okay. Go One, ahead. The uh, what's the question? The question is, do we make mammon unrighteous because of the spirit of possessiveness in us or is unrighteous an an actual just a neutral term he's just saying it's just natural wealth make friends with money in this world it's not righteous because it's of this world does that make sense Mm -hmm. is unrighteous a negative thing that we make it or is it just a neutral thing righteousness is is the riches of god and it's not in this world that's Mm -hmm. my question yeah because it seems to me that um, this is important when we consider our favorite whipping boy, which is the health and wealth gospel, right? Yeah. Which is that God wants to make you healthy, wealthy, and successful. And the sign of righteousness is wealth. Right. And so to become a friend, I could see how this could be perverted by somebody who was preaching that gospel, which obviously is not Catholic, and that's not what we're saying is a proper interpretation. But that's my that's kind of where I'm kind of going with uh-huh. with this question. Hmm. I, I I would stand behind the fact that we that that money always remains neutral, but it's it's our attitude towards it that can turn it into something that is grotesque. Okay, you know, um, I think by the by the same action, you know, you can have a Twinkie, you know, or a Ho Ho or whatever, you know, and it's objectively good, but it's our attachment to it, you know, and our overconsumption of it. That makes it now like almost something hideous, right. you know. Um, if anyone's ever seen the movie, well, I would say it's objectively hideous. So you were going to say Zombieland? No, <laughs> oh yeah, you know that no. scene I'm talking about. Yeah, okay, sorry. Exactly, but I, I just, I don't know. I just think that the people don't need to be afraid of money, but they need to check their attitude. They need to check where their heart is right. because Christ is pointing them in a direction, not just like become good stewards of the resources of the world. Yes, you're supposed to be that, but that should be evident of the fact that you prove that you're good stewards of this world because you long to be um, entrusted <coughs> with the wealth that is of another world. And the foretaste and promise of that is actually the grace that we receive through the sacraments. And I mean, 
sadly, I need to, you know, go back and apologize in some way. When I did that podcast on indulgences, we should learn more about indulgences because the, the storehouse and riches of the church are available to us. And if we have no idea that they're even accessible to us, then we'll be fools. Right. So, you know, go to your local priest. I saw that we did a podcast on indulgences, but maybe I'll do another one. So. That was way back in the day, though. Um, which is actually an interesting topic. Now, um, yeah, I, and I think that's the key is that um, this whole thing, this whole parable, is about almsgiving and and tithing. Basically, it's about the giving of money. It's it's not about like make sure your portfolio is really in. in you know what I mean? Because it's not about building the storehouses of our finances and making sure. Our re- One of the big questions we have uh, in the companions, all the priests, is what do we do about retirement? We yeah. have all these people barking at us saying, you got to be responsible, you got to retire, and you got to do these things. And it's kind of like, well, we're going to be in prison by the time I hit this point. Well, you hope. That's, I mean, and it's like, I'm not going to yeah. be down at, you know, Coca Cabana with you and, you know, in our uh, Hawaiian shirts drinking pina coladas. That sounds great. But, the, but then, am I being irresponsible and stupid and just another sure. young, you know, yeah. guy saying, I don't need to worry about that. That's a, it's one of those kind of questions of like how, what does it mean to be a friend of unrighteous mammon for a priest? That's just a example. Yeah. I think, I think the parable at its core is about the, the two homes, you know, because the, the steward says, I'm losing my job. What can I do so that they will welcome me into their homes? So he's concerned about getting into people's homes and like having a place to stay once he loses his job. But Christ is saying that there is an even greater home that we should be like, like eager to make sure that we're gaining access into. And as far as retirement is concerned, um, yeah, it says in there, we need to make friends with unrighteous mammon so that when it fails and it will fail i mean even the whole market situation presently in the world shows that money is not a reliable place to put all of your hope and trust and you know faith um but um we also need to be concerned with if we don't have some place to sleep well then we have to rely on people you know security security is a false security in many ways we can plan but it just as easily overnight, the whole market could could collapse, and everything that we've done to secure all that, do we lose our joy because that happens, or is it like, no, I have put my hope and my faith in the fact that God is going to take care of me? And I think that is always the key: is that poverty is what leads to, or disposes us, I should say, yeah. to a loving trust in God. Yeah. And a lot of us who who profess faith really lack trust that God will provide. Mm -hmm. And it's easy for me to say that as a 30-year-old priest. Not easy for the unemployed 55-year-old father of four who's listening to this or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Easy for me to say trust in God, but only in the experience of poverty, in the constant renunciation, right? Christ's words, if you do not renounce everything for my sake, you cannot be my disciple. Yeah. That's pretty strong, and that's everybody. But that's about spiritual renunciation. For those of us who are in the world who have to have, who have to deal with unrighteous mammon, have to have a spirit, have to live spiritual poverty. And today's is feast of Saint Francis, so it's kind of perfect topic. Yeah. And as far as as far as the father or whoever is unemployed, you know, the Pope just spoke about this in the in the second interview that he gave to La Repubblica. Um, did you see that one? Not the second one. Um, the second one, he opens it with. Um, one of the main concerns that we should have right now is the fact that that there is an economic crisis. 
and the re- not so that the, that the church can become a political agent, but because the lack of employment robs people of hope. Yeah. It robs people of the hope that, that the, there's a better future and that I have a dignity and everything. And that they look at the present moment and they just say, it's, it's all bad. Yeah. I'm in big trouble. So, um, so the church does need to be concerned about, um, things like jobs and everything, but the church doesn't have access to be able to convert all those things and like open up new employments. It's just saying to the governments, we need to do something about this. Um, and I thought that it was a beautiful practical way in which the Pope was, um, in solidarity with those who may not be, um, feeling secure right now. Amen. So good work, dude. Dude, I gotta go uh, hear confessions. Man, you really want to? Oh, money! That's why by Pink Floyd. That's what you got in your head. Money. Okay, Okay, couple shoutouts. Karen from Indiana, give her a shoutout. Greetings. It's either her birthday today, or it's falling around at some point, and that's uh, her friend Abby tipped us off to that. So, where is she from in Indiana? Do you know? I don't know. You have to follow up with her on that one. Near Danville, so. Danville, and I lived in in beautiful Dayton. That's right. Which is very similar to Aurora, I think. Okay, we should make a plug at least. When is this coming out? Uh, in two weeks, a week from Wednesday, ten days. So oh, it'll so. be after our. Okay. We are doing a theology on tap. Oh, so we can't invite people. We can invite people just retroactively, do or we I could think. skip Domans next week and just throw ours in. I don't care. Let's do it. Come to Theology on Tap. Theology. The title is. Uh, zombies and the thirst for communion by yours truly, yeah. Deacon Nathan, Father John at Katie Mullins Pub in Denver, Colorado. That's right. On jeez, uh, I don't even know. The twenty first of October. Twenty first of October. Katie Mullins, seven thirty. It's going to be epic. Yeah. And zombies it, and the thirst for communion. If you're not in Denver and you can't like make the eighteen hour drive, please pray that we actually have something to say. Um, as you probably hope we have something to say uh, during or after every podcast um, that we have something to say and that it speaks to the hearts of the people so if you can say a quick prayer for that thank you zombies and the thirst for communion catholic stuff podcast at gmail.com we love hearing from you like us on facebook, facebook and talk to you next week <laughs>